Some people may wonder why Pentecost and not Easter is the birthday of the church, but our first reading and gospel today really lay out the vast difference in the way believers were behaving on each of those occasions. On Easter night when Jesus goes into the upper room, the same place where the Last Supper had occurred, he didn't happen upon a celebration of the resurrection. Instead, he found men that were hiding in fear, so fearful that those who killed Jesus were coming for them next. Indeed, that whole Easter day, they never proclaimed the resurrection to anyone. They didn't save a single soul. And even though they saw Jesus in his risen form again and again over the next days and weeks, still, they were overjoyed that they were seeing him, fearful and terrified about what it might mean. They weren't convinced or convicted that he truly indeed was risen. And so they announced the gospel to no one. They didn't baptize anyone. And the church was not being built. The gospel was not being proclaimed. And that continued for all 50 days of that Easter season. But on Pentecost, it was a day that changed everything for everyone. All the Jews were already present in Jerusalem, not because they were waiting the Holy Spirit, but because they were celebrating the Jewish feast of Pentecost, one of the three high feast days of the Jewish calendar, 50 days after Passover. Some of them had just gotten home from their long journey to Jerusalem for the Passover, then they restock, reload, and make their way back again for this next feast. But that's why there were people from so many different cultures and countries that were gathered together there. When all of a sudden, in the midst of their Jewish feast, there was a rushing of the wind, and the fire came down upon Mary, the twelve apostles, and five hundred other disciples. And even though they were from so many different cultures and countries, speaking so many different languages, all of a sudden, everybody could understand what everyone else was saying because the message was the same. The Holy Spirit had brought about unity where before there had only been division. If you've ever taken a tour of our stained glass windows, which I think we can thank you for, Father, that was one of your legacies to the parish during your pastorate, we have the Pentecost right over here in the corner above the Bowen Street door. The dove coming down, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, just like it did upon Jesus in the Jordan at his baptism, but this time it's with fire on Mary, the apostles, all those other disciples. And where for 50 days not a single soul was added to the faith, that day alone in Jerusalem, 3,000 people left everything behind, their Jewish faith or having been a pagan or a Gentile, and they all accepted Christian baptism. Many of them would go on to be martyred because the world was so hostile to the gospel and is even more today than it was then. But that Holy Spirit changed everything. Up until that point, the apostles lacked unity. They weren't convinced or convicted in the resurrection. But once they received that Holy Spirit... It drove out the darkness, it took away their fears, replaced them with faith, and most of those apostles would go forth to the ends of the earth preaching that gospel, 10 of the 12, to the point of martyrdom, just like 31 of our 35 first popes of the Roman Catholic Church were martyred for doing the same thing, preaching the gospel of life in the face of the culture of death. That is why Pentecost and not Easter is the birthday of the church, because without the Holy Spirit there is no church. And there's no one that's brave enough or willing enough to go forth and announce the gospel of the Lord. But what about Easter night? Why wasn't it enough that the risen Christ appeared to those apostles, said, peace be with you, and gave them the Holy Spirit? He said, here I give it to you, receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wasn't just talking about it. He physically gave them the Spirit. How does that happen? John tells us when he said, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
That seems a very insignificant detail as far as we are concerned, but that breath on the one hand to show that this is not a ghost because a ghost does not have lungs that can create that air. But it's also John the Evangelist taking us all the way back to Genesis. And he's been doing that all throughout his gospel, where Genesis tells us about God's creation and man's fall. In the Gospel of John, we see a recreation from the new Adam, born of the new Eve, who's come to right the wrongs that started in the Garden of Eden. Both Genesis and John begin with the same three words, in the beginning, showing that direct link. And now John is once again drawing our imagination back to the dawn of time. Because at the end of chapter 1 of Genesis, God decided to create humanity. But at the beginning of chapter 2, Adam has been fashioned, he has been made, clay in the hands of the potter. But he's just lying there on the ground, not asleep, lifeless like a mannequin or a statue, until chapter 2, verse 7 of Genesis, when God breathes life into Adam's nostrils, and only then does that statue become a man fully alive. In Latin, that word for God's breath was spiritus. God was breathing his spirit inside of man, and that was the life-giving breath of God. And it is that life-giving spirit that Jesus intended for his apostles on that first Easter night. He didn't want them to wait for Pentecost. He wanted them to get started, but they had their own fears, shame, blame, guilt, confusion, finger-pointing, all these excuses and all these things that were getting in the way of using the gifts that had been given to them. And so they received the Holy Spirit, but they didn't share it with anybody else. That explains often what happens to us. We've been given the gifts, but we're not doing much with them, and we're not really out there sharing them with other people. Do we share the faith with our spouses, with our children, with our neighbors, coworkers, relatives, and friends? Do we treat the foe and the stranger and the foreigner with the same gifts of charity that have been given to us? Not if we're too afraid like those apostles on Easter night. But that same Holy Spirit that took their fears away has also been given to us at our baptism and unleashed within us at the time of our confirmation. Knowing truly the gifts we've been given, we've been given to share, it is time for Jesus once again to send a rushing wind and tongues of fire, that life-giving breath all upon us to blow our fears away and replace them with faith, that firm conviction that there is a God, that he is good, that Jesus is his son and our savior, and he's given his life for us, and he's also given this gospel to us, that truly we may go forth this Pentecost day to announce the gospel of the Lord.